SMS SAFM now on 41391. Tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. This is the Late Night Conversations. My name is Patricia Ntuli, and we continue with the conversations. I did promise you that we'll be talking to Lakin Dimane, who is uh, the national convener for the National Liquor Traders Council, and he's going to be talking to us about uh, the, their reaction to the continued ban on alcohol sales. A-teamers, please do interact with us by calling in on 011-714-2006 or SMSing 41391. WhatsApps go to 614 Thank you very much for calling, uh, for joining us, uh, Lucky. How are you doing? Uh, good evening, Patricia. I can do with that song, and I'm sure our members can do with that song that just played. Yeah. We are, we are really hoping for a miracle. Really, we are hoping for miracles everywhere because, uh, I mean, uh, the ban of alcohol, yes, there are some ups to it. The fact that we, well, ups that are, are around uh, speculation that because there haven't been any alcohol sales, there are less, um, you know, uh, trauma cases in hospitals. That's just one of the links. However, the down, the huge down, is the, the, the loss of jobs at this time. And the last time we spoke was at the first ban of alcohol, where, you know, people were out of work, the industry was under pressure, and obviously liquor traders are not having a good time as the year 2021 starts. What is your guys' reaction as the National Liquor Traders Council on the continuation of the alcohol ban? Patricia, we, we feel that, you know, the ban is really not necessary. You know, I, I, I'm even tempted to, you know, refer to Section 22 of the Constitution. We safeguard our right to choose a profession or a trade, uh, as it were, you know, and we, we chose to be in this uh, industry. So the government, you know, needs to step up and, and protect that right. But we understand and we are left to the fact that, you know, we are dealing with a serious pandemic. But our expectation, you know, with this government was that, they were going to look at the issue of, you know, protecting lives as well as safeguarding the livelihood. You know, we are concerned that the decision has been made for the industry, on behalf of the industry, without the industry, that affects the livelihoods of 250,000 workers that are linked, you know, to the tavern sector. It's, 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 it's very bad, you know, uh, when, 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 when I'm on the ground and I'm having to talk to our members and experience, you know, what they're going through, you know, we feel that the government took a shotgun approach. You know, it's like uh, dealing with a headache, having to choose to cut a head off, you know, because we don't really want to focus on what the issue is, what is the cause of the headache. We feel that, you know, this is precisely what the president chose to do. And it is really unfair because if you look at the entire value chain, you know, of the alcohol industry, you know, almost uh, one million jobs are linked to that. And, you know, to have to now put that on hold simply because of an issue that's an old age problem, that we accept, you know, it's, it's a reality in our country, but it's something that we all need you know, to deal with, you know, in a collaborative effort. Alcohol abuse has been with us for a very long time. And, you know, to use that, you know, as an excuse to close liquor is really uh, unjustifiable. I understand the issue that has been raised around, you know, trauma cases. But if you look equally at the countries that, you know, have had similar cases to us, you know, Ireland, Italy, the UK, and India, and by the way, out of all those four countries, only India had partially banned alcohol. But all of them have, you know, uh, experienced reduction in, uh, in, in, in trauma cases, but simply because of the curfews that they had implemented. And so is the case in South Africa. It is the curfew that has made, you know, the 31st of December 
uh, now that some that has become like a big hit with the president, that there were zero uh, percent cases of trauma in Barra. But that was as a result of the law enforcement officials doing their job, not a ban on alcohol because liquor is still freely available. We are talking to Lucky Ndimane about the continued uh, ban on alcohol sales um, and Lucky is the national convener for the National Liquor Traders Council. A-teamers, perhaps you are in this industry and you are without uh, income right now. Please call in and let us know how how this has affected you and your livelihood. And if you are a trader as well, please do call in. Feel free to air your views. Or you might be someone who says continue with the alcohol ban um, and give us your reason why. 011-714-2006, that's the number to dial, or WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. Emmanuel in Cape Town, good evening. Emmanuel in Cape Town, good evening. Yeah, good evening to you and to your guests and to the listeners. Good evening, Emmanuel. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's my my contribution to this... um, uh, discussion is that I appreciate the government stand, I appreciate their uh, reasoning for um, taking this action to save life. But um, I think what should happen is many people are being deprived of their rights, you know, because of few people who are who are misusing alcohol it's like you have drunken drivers who drink and drive you don't say because of uh, we have drunken drivers that drink and drive so we should ban all vehicles on the road you see we should take that we should take the bull by the horn we should face uh, the facts and say okay for the drunken drivers we deal with the drunken drivers so what i am suggesting with due respect to the government, what I'm suggesting is that they should take steps and effort to deal specifically with both the sellers or drinkers of alcohol that are mis- misappropriating, misusing their opportunity, because whatever they do is affecting others. So the government should deal specifically with anybody that is caught, you know, going against the law of, you know, um, of uh, are you misusing alcohol? Because otherwise, we will keep talking around the table, around the table without any movement. So, for us to move forward, there should be a law that for people who are caught violating or misusing alcohol, their punishment should be this, 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 that. So that will enable us to be able to uh, allow those that are drinking responsibly, those that are selling responsibly. You know, to keep on their life because the multiply effect of this band is huge. It's huge, both to the government side and to the individual. Thank you very much, Emmanuel. Um, and let me go to Anonymous, who's in Cape Town. Good evening, Anonymous. Hello. Good evening, Anonymous. How are you? Okay, not Cape Town, KZN. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't mention where you were from. It's Emmanuel oh. who was in Cape Town. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I th- I think today you've been having something to drink that you're not supposed to be drinking yeah, I'm anonymous. Right now, I'm bubbleized with sleep. <laughs> bubbleized with sleep. Always you. I'm bubbleized because I woke up from my sleep. <laughs> hey Patricia, I was supposed to talk to you on the other day. My phone died out on me. Yeah, about the court, you know, there. about the courts. But I'll wait for you next week. We're Tuesday. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about uh, liquor and 
I don't know what, um, uh, how the people uh, take alcohol excessively, and they, uh, some of them like uh, die with excessive alcohol. Sometimes the intestines, uh, they start too young. They start too young taking alcohol. They're not allowed to, but some family member or some friends will buy it for them. Right, whichever way you can say no liquor, underage, under 18, over 18, whatever you may say on the bottle, it doesn't matter, but somebody will buy it for them. Uh, you know, uh, but my, my point I always want to ask, which I asked also to Ayanda, which she said uh, she, she didn't think of it. So I'm going to ask Patricia now. What nutrition does liquor have? Because it's not listed on the bottles. For years, it hasn't been listed on the bottles. Then you see every other food that you buy, even if it's vegan or whether it's what, uh, or it's uh, um, what you call it, uh, what you call it, Patricia, uh, when, you, when you grow your own food? Organic. Organic, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, organic foods. Everything must have nutritional values according to the dietitians and according to the to the uh, members of parliament. And everything should be uh, the health department. Everything should have um, uh, nutritional values, except every liquor that is sold in the market, whether it's brewed at home or whether it's brewed in a brewery, but there's no nutritional values on the bottles. It just says, under drink responsibility, over 18, and whatever. You so know, I want to know what nutritional values each liquor, each bottle, whether it's cane spirit, whether it's vodka, whether it's beer. Yeah, you know the liquor, beer. don't you, Anonymous? You know <laughs> the liquor. Look, Anonymous, um, yes, they're not written on the bottles, but I'm sure if there's... No, if, if, if there's you know why some of us are diabetic. Now, the people that are diabetic... And if there's too much sugar in that liquor, they can, they, they can uh, for health purposes, they, they drink excessively. Anything can happen to them. Well, uh, thank you very much for the You're question. And I'm going to answer you, but let me go to a break, okay? Uh, the time now is 20 minutes after 11. And yes, I am chuckling uh, because it's an observation I have not made. The fact that there are no nutritional um, you know, components on any alcohol um, brand or bottle. Uh, so, yeah, but we are going to get to that conversation after this. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Look, I'm no scientist, but uh, in response to Anonymous's uh, question, I, I will talk about uh, um, white wine, okay? Because I am aware that it's got a it, it, it's got some uh, magnesium, vitamin B, vitamin uh, B6, B2, and it, it yeah, there, there's some iron and calcium, potassium, you know, phosphorus, uh, some zinc in it. And red wine is also known to be a good source of antioxidants. Um, but yes, like in demand, I think there, there's a call there. Shouldn't the liquor associations be putting the nutritional values and what's within this, uh, these drinks that we consume. Yeah, Patricia, it's an uh, interesting proposition by uh, Anonymous, but uh, she, I'm sure she understands that even Biltong or chewing gum does not have a nutritional uh, value information written on it. So. But, you, but, but on the other hand, on the other hand, like, let's be, let, let's be fair. One who eats Biltong is not going to have... 10 kgs of biltong, you know, at one go. And one who eats bubblegum is not going to have, you know, uh, 5 kgs of bubblegum. 
But one who drinks liquor has the potential of drinking two bottles of wine uh, at a go. So maybe there is some merit to her question, and maybe we should be considering such. No, no, I, I differ. But, you know, let me first, you know, acknowledge uh, Emmanuel's call. Yes. And, and really thank him for his uh, contribution, uh, which I think is uh, all his points are valid. It's very important that, you know, we... We look at all options, and that's what we've been actually asking from government to say. Let us find a solution, uh, but uh, unfortunately, we seem to have a president who has who is single-issue-minded, uh, where he looks at one side of things and then he makes a decision based on that particular narrative that he adopts. Uh, we, we, we've got case studies around the world. We are only the fourth country in the world to have only ever introduced alcohol ban, you know, without any good results. The cases are climbing, even though we are uh, we have a ban on alcohol. And I'm, I'm, I must hasten to add that the ban on alcohol doesn't mean that people do not have access to alcohol. It's a good work of the police that ensures that we are able to manage the situation as far as compliance is concerned. We then are saying, let, let us have a situation whereby, you know, lives are able to be saved, and at the same time, we are able to, you know, preserve the livelihoods of the people that work in the alcohol industry. If you look at the last bands, or now we're in the third band, the alcohol industry has lost over $25 billion. And if you look at the current market price of the vaccine, to vaccinate 67% of the population of South Africa requires $20 billion. And now, over and above that, the alcohol industry has written a letter to the Minister of Finance to ask for a five billion rand reprieve in terms of the extra duty payable. Now you're looking at about almost 30 billion rand that is due to government, but it's not going to go through because of the ban on alcohol. And that is just a drop in the ocean in terms of the numbers that I'm highlighting to you. We are not saying that, you know, economy or the economic activity of the country is more important than the lives. But we are saying that failure to be able to balance the two will lead to a second pandemic eventually, which will be poverty. And that is something that, you know, our liquor traders are actually facing right now. If the ban on liquor is not lifted in the next seven days, we will not have any taverns to talk about. And this president will have a distinct history of single-handedly destroying the tavern industry. And if you look at the tavern market, the taverns are almost the only real black-owned South African business. The tap shops have now been taken over. The spaza shops have now been taken over. It's only the taverns that are left. There are almost 39,000 of them in the township space. We are pleading with this government to really sit down with us, you know, and not, you know, uh, rely on this the narrative that we seem to have a conservative thinking president, which we don't think he is conservative thinking president. We feel that, you know, he only considers religious leaders as well as traditional leaders to be the core of his uh, consultative base, which really doesn't make sense because those are not the two constituencies that really matter in the country. Everyone matters in the country as enshrined in the, in the Constitution. So, Patricia, we need to have, you know, almost a real and, 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 and concise conversation as a country to move forward. Burning liquor will not solve any problem. In fact, it's going to create more problems. The economy is stagnant because South Africa, the economy is almost tied to the alcohol industry, unfortunately. That's how things have been in the past few years. We cannot change that now. We have a pandemic to deal with, but we need to be able to safeguard the livelihoods as well as respecting, you know, the good work that has been done by the healthcare workers, by the frontline workers, which we commend as a liquor industry. And we are partnering with, you know, the, the, the taxi industry, not because it is our space, 
but because we care about the lives of people. You know, we are donating uh, PPEs in that sector to ensure that, you know, uh, commuters are protected when they travel. The relationship that we're trying to build with Santa will go a long way to ensure that not only are the interests of the liquor industry only aligned to those that drink alcohol, but to, uh, to the public at large, our contribution to this economy cannot be ignored. We contribute over 200 billion rand a year to the South African economy, and that's something that needs to be respected as we continue to respect the lives of our people as well. You know, like, yeah, I'm glad you spoke earlier on that uh, d- despite the fact that there's a ban, does not mean that alcohol is not available because there's a huge black market that has opened up. Uh, there's even an SMS that has come in here uh, from, uh, says, Chef Foodie in uh, South Africa. Chef Foodie says, I need a miracle to open liquor. Why doesn't government shut cigarette sales? Our government is prompting black market. Glar. And I've, I've seen on social media a video, okay, of a police, a police van with police officers who are uniformed taking out, you know, crates and crates of liquor and putting it into a particular premises um, that looked like, you know, one of the premises where you could buy liquor. But obviously it was in an affluent uh, community. And there was commentary from the person who was taking this video to say, my goodness, those who are supposed to enforce the law are actually the ones who are propagating that despite the ban, we should be able to get a black street um, alcohol and and how are you as the liquor um you know uh, traders addressing this because the yes the issue might be the alcohol sales the ban is there but we are still seeing that there's other issues such as law enforcement that is not being upheld so Patricia, it's very tempting you know to to want to take advantage of the unfortunate situation that i've seen the video myself you know, and, and, and I was in Inanda, uh, in, in Kezaren, uh, today, where I witnessed firsthand where police are actually placing an order for alcohol from, ta- from our taverns. It, it is worrying, but I need to add. A good number of our, our, our police are doing a good job. And we must not be even alleged to believe that, you know, the law enforcement officials are not doing a good job. The majority of them are actually doing a good job. And we commend their sacrifices, you know, that they are putting uh, to ensure that, you know, there is uh, uh, compliance to COVID-19 regulations. But as far as request concerned, there is compliance to license, uh, license regulations as well. And this is almost similar to what we are facing as an alcohol industry, where you see a, a post of just one outlet not complying, and we will all be painted with that same price to say that, liquid traders are not complying. We understand, you know, the pressure that the police are going through, but we believe that they are doing a good job. I, I have good interactions with the Minister of Police, uh, as well in that regard, as well as uh, the Commissioner of Police in Gauteng, uh, General Elias Mawela, also in the Eastern Cape, uh, General uh, Nchinga. We, we feel that the police are doing a good job, and there are those rotten apples. Unfortunately, those rotten apples do not only reside in the steps, we also find them in the liquor in the liquor industry as well. We get uh, traders that get tempted to sell the liquor because now it's locked down, and we condemn such actions. And we feel that the law should take its course on those people that are not complying with the laws because not only are they not complying with the laws, but they are putting the lives of our people at risk. They are disrespecting the laws that have put, been put by government, you know, to ensure that you know we we we, we close ranks in supporting the fight against COVID-19 pandemic.
<laughs> okay, so I just received from an A-teamer um, a picture, a screenshot of a particular uh, brand of beer. And uh, this says the nutritional information, I won't mention the brand of this beer, is there. So the anonymous caller, please go and buy it and look again. So yeah, there's a particular beer that has some nutritional, it's, it's in a green bottle, that's all I'm going to say. I've got Subusiso on the line. Subusiso, good evening. Hi, how are you, man? Good, thanks, how are you? Okay, like, I'm like, can you hear me? We can yes, hear you. Yes, Boo, how are you? Thank you for calling. Okay, like I've just heard you saying that if within the next seven days the, the, the ban is not lifted on the liquor industry, there will be no travel market. Did you say that? Yeah, yeah yes, Boo, I did say that, indeed. Okay. You know, uh, let us be frank, Lucky, you know. If we were to look at the overall situation, I think one of the things that COVID-19 has taught us is how beautiful the world is without liquor. Not that I'm being insensitive to the people that are, are crying for lost, lost jobs and so on. But if we, you, you and I were to be really frank, have you seen the advantage of how beautiful this world is without liquor? Because the problem is that our youth uh, is not able to control themselves when it comes to the issue of, of liquor. If they now uh, lift the ban, for instance, you will see, I don't have to tell you, tell you about this, but um, I, I would suggest how would it be if the government were to say to, to the liquor industry, we will give you a grant or we'll put, put you in another, in another sector and give you the job so that you don't, don't keep on crying that you're hungry and so on. How would you feel about that? Uh, I, I, thank I, you, yes, I'll, I'll listen to all your questions so that I can, I can answer all at once. But I've heard your question now. I, I, okay, the, the, last, the last one is that the other time I heard Minister Mutsualeri, I think he was still the Minister of Health then, was complaining about how young people are, are really you know, drowning in liquor. And you guys don't seem to have a concern about that. All that's happening, the liquor industry is advertising young people as, as, as young as 12 years you know, you don't raise these concerns, and uh, we, we also get worried when you guys just cry that you, you, the liquor industry is suffering. That's my comment. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Busi. So let's allow Lucky uh, to respond. Uh, Patricia, uh, so Busi says something very interesting, that, uh, you know, without liquor, the world would be beautiful. So obviously people wear different lenses. That's, that's the lens that he chose to see the world. And he also mentioned the issue of, you know, the youth. So I think Boo has an issue with youth drinking. And he feels that, you know, probably if they were to be taken out of the equation, the world will even be more beautiful. We respect those views, but, you know, we need to be realistic. Uh, that, you know, liquor is consumed by people that are over the age of 18. And all advertising by, done by all liquor manufacturers comply with the standards that, you know, it, 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 it complies and confirms that it's over 18 years that uh, are targeted. But I can also say this with confidence. But all liquor manufacturers, even when they do promotions on the ground, they do not hire anyone under the age of 21. And, you know, that is the move that was done by liquor manufacturers as part of self-regulation to make sure that liquor is not advertised in a way that appeals not to younger generation or to younger people. It is not in the best interest of the liquor industry that, you know, young people should uh, consume alcohol. 
even though uh, that might turn out to be to be the case. And I can tell you that even if you look at the the, the, the pricing deals that they do in the tavern space, uh, Patricia, there is no uh, pricing promotion that encourages for binge drinking. What do I mean by this? You will never get a promotion at a tavern or at a pub that says buy uh, five beers and you get uh, 50 rand off, for example. So all the promotions are geared towards ensuring that people consume liquor in a responsible manner and not uh, otherwise. So, but, but I take Booze's uh, views, you know, to heart. And, you know, all the issues that he has raised is something that, you know, we grapple with as, as the liquor industry and make sure that we do things the right way to conform to all the, uh, the norms and standards of, 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 of the advertising code, as it were. And, and, and we're proud that currently we are doing the right thing. But the issue of alcohol abuse is something that we cannot afford to, uh, to, to, to run away from. It is with us, and we have to confront it. It is unfortunate that it has reacted its ugly head at a worse time when we have to deal with the pandemic. And unfortunately, the president being the similar issue-minded person he is, so closely because that he can focus on COVID pandemic, whereas he could have just balanced the two and be able to really ensure that you know, livelihoods are preserved as well. Let me go to some of the messages that we have here from A-teamers. Uh, remember that you can also join in uh, by uh, sending SMSs to 41391 or WhatsApps to 0614104107. This one is, uh, this one, where is it? Where is it? Here it is. Okay, so it's uh, from an anonymous A-teamer who says, I hope Lucky has opened a case against the police that were attempting to buy liquor illegally. Whilst the industry contributes a 200 billion to the fiscus how much does it cost the economy in terms of the health services the economy in terms of absenteeism gender-based violence etc that's a question for you lucky oh okay uh, I, I think the issue of what it costs the economy is it, it, outside my level of uh, intelligence to respond to but uh, if those numbers are, are available by those that you know work on these numbers, they are welcome to to publish them and to ensure that you know we engage with those numbers. But I would like to believe that every economic activity has a side effect. So the side effect of alcohol is only to be found in those that abuse liquor because this is a product that is best enjoyed if it is done in a responsible manner. So those side effects that are there are not something that we should ignore. It is something that we should confront as an industry, and we are willing to do so. Even best meaning. Medicines have got side effects, but you never close or stop selling those medicines because the side effects are too much for other people. You know, you might uh, drink uh, a pain reliever only to have a headache. Someone might have a stomach ache, but those medicines will continue to be sold because they, they, they assist in a particular case. So those that self-medicating alcohol might unfortunately, you know, result in, 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 in a manner that, you know, might lead into uh, other issues. But the issue of... Uh, Gender-based violence, Patricia, is something that I want to touch on. As a liquor industry, we committed to ensuring that we partner uh, with communities, with tavern owners, to uh, to run a program that we call uh, Tavern Dialogues on Gender-Based Violence. These place tavern owners as the centers or as the champions against the fight uh, against against the gender-based violence. And we saw a positive response, not just from uh, tavern owners, but also consumers alike. We take responsibility in ensuring that we support community initiatives that deal with societal problems because we believe that you know uh, our product is sensitive and can easily be linked uh, with all the unsavory uh, characteristics or issues that bedevil us as a country. And the issue of alcohol abuse, you know, it's a, it, 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 it's a linkage of societal factors 
that comes from you know unemployment, you know people having no hope of the future and all those things. But we understand that it's only a collaborative effort that can be able to tackle this. It's not just you know only a liquor manufacturer or liquor traders that must come with solutions, but uh, it's it, it, it's a societal compact that needs to be created. You know, it's a social development, is a health sector, is the the police uh, that needs to create you know an environment that is enabling to ensure that we deal with this issue. I think once as a country we deal with this issue of alcohol abuse, we'll be on our way you know to uh, uh, the right path and ensuring that you know we support government's efforts in the fight against COVID-19 pandemic. But even beyond this, you know, we'll be accounted that, you know, it's, it's, it's set, you know, to achieve greater things. But Patricia, another important thing that to consider is that countries that are doing well economically do not have issues of alcohol abuse. So that then points to the fact that when the country is not doing well, then societal issues start to creep in. And then that gives rise to alcohol abuse to be the norm. So as a country, we need to come together to ensure that we can start this economy. But unfortunately, with the way things are going, we are not heading towards that direction because we've got certain sectors that are closed because they are not fashionable to be open at this time because it doesn't suit the narrative that the president is trying to project, you know, that, you know, we're fighting COVID-19 pandemic and alcohol is closed. So there are a lot of things that we need to tackle. But this. I do not have a silver bullet. I don't have all the solutions. But, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm willing that my number be given to those that want to provide solutions. I will engage with the industry to ensure that we implement those programs that civil society that's, uh, that experts, you know, uh, proposes to be the solution, you know, for the country. We cannot have this issue of alcohol abuse uh, to go, you know, unchallenged or uh, without us giving it the right attention. We need to solve this. It's a problem that worries me on a personal level, but it's something that we need to tackle. We are not running away from the fact that alcohol abuse is a problem in the country. Let me go to some of the messages from our A-teamers. This one says, Patricia, alcohol is a no-no. We need sober minds to deal with the pandemic. This is from Anonymous. Uh, Donald in Rustenburg says, uh, good evening, Patricia and all A-teamers. I don't support the continuation ban of alcohol because now it's like health workers are always blaming alcohol for apparent reasons so that the Corona Command Council will close the industry. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a couple of uh, messages here. Another one is saying, I stopped drinking four years ago, so I don't feel deprived by this alcohol ban. Instead, I'm relieved. No more screaming, shouting and loud music in my neighborhood. Taverns are not taken over but because those who took over this puzzle shops don't sell alcohol. It's against their religion. Another one says, well... Um, We are fighting a war and our soldiers that are most affected by alcohol abuse are our frontline health workers. Talk to them and they will tell you how glad they are about the ban. The industry is suddenly willing to work together to curb abuse. Lucky admits that abuse has been a problem for a while, but he only reacts to it now because it affects the bottom line. I hope Lucky has opened a case against the the police that were attempting to buy uh, the liquor illegally. Yeah, so Lucky, what's your response to these uh, messages from our A-teamers? So, so I find it interesting that, you know, Anonymous, uh, the first uh, message that you read, you know, uh, says that alcohol is a no-no. Uh, I think Anonymous uh, probably consumes alcohol, but doesn't want to come out in the public, be that as it may. Uh, moving to the issue of uh, whether the case has been opened uh, against the police that have been 
since transporting alcohol. I think that case has been open already. Uh, I've been following it up. Uh, so the police are, are, are working on that. And we should see a prosecution coming from that and the comment the police for the strict action uh, in, 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 in that regard. Uh, and then there was a message that spoke to uh, uh, the embassy having admitted that alcohol abuse is a problem. Of course it is a problem. And without running away from that. And we're not going to beat about the bush to say that, you know, it needs to be tackled. But we, we do not fit with a silver bullet. I think this is a collaborative effort uh, that needs to be uh, entertained to ensure that we've got programs that run on the ground. And we must understand that any program that seeks to deal with the issue of alcohol abuse is a behavioral change program, meaning that the results will not be seen in a week or two. But it will take some time. But it obviously requires that the industry invest, invest heavily in such programs. And I'm happy to say uh, that the industry has been doing something about it. There is a sister company that supports the alcohol industry called Aware.org that sits with $180 million budget uh, on an annual basis that talks to issues of alcohol abuse, um, drink and driving, uh, underage drinking, uh, pregnant women not uh, being able to purchase alcohol uh, at, at, at a current level uh, where, where people sit down. So there are programs that are running on the ground. I think uh, the, 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 the issue with the alcohol industry is that they've never really uh, amplified the work that they do on the ground to the public, respectfully so, but there is a lot of work that is being done on the ground. Uh, just last month, uh, the industry invested 5 million rand towards community patrollers that ensured that there was compliance amongst 85 uh, hotspots across the country, meaning 35 police stations. And we launched this in, uh, in, in Port Elizabeth when it was at the height of, uh, of its COVID uh, resurgence. So there is a good thing that is being uh, done on the ground. We also invested 30 million rand towards PPEs in the Eastern Cape again at the height of the, of the pandemic in that particular province. So you can easily say that, you know, the decline in the numbers in the Eastern Cape is through the participation of the alcohol industry and the amount of work that they did on the ground to ensure that, you know, the cases are arrested uh, in the Eastern Cape. So the industry is doing something. And there's also 150 million rand that was committed by the industry to support the national government as far as the PPEs are concerned. And I know because I speak to alcohol industry representatives and CEOs, who are committing to ensuring that the support government, even in the second wave, you know, with uh, all their, their medical needs. So the industry is open to government, you know, uh, supporting government initiatives to ensure that, you know, they, 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 they tackle this pandemic. So we're not just sitting at a corner and, and then crying foul and saying that alcohol must be open. We're saying alcohol must be open based on the conviction of the things that we know we are doing on the ground and that government is aware that we are doing on the ground for us to be able to be able to open to sell liquor, but not just sell any liquor, sell liquor on an off-premise uh, basis, meaning people buy liquor and consume at home because we feel that, you know, the issue of congregation has really been, you know, a super spreader type of an event. But if people are able to buy liquor and consume at home, then that's all well and good and we support government efforts in fighting the pandemic in that regard. Let me go to some of the voice notes we got from our A-teamers. Patricia is Chico here. I think there's sabotage on this thing of alcohol because, look, after they close the alcohol, they bring soldiers, they bring everyone on the street so that they can guide and everything start to look good. But when when they open everything and then alcohol, they let everything down, like the soldiers were not there, everything else were just open. Why they didn't guide that time? That's my question. Thank you. Hmm. 
Very relevant question, but is it the case everywhere, Lucky? Is it the case everywhere that uh, they would bring in uh, a lot of police enforcement um, during the ban? And when the ban is, is lifted, then it's free for all. I think it's, it's a, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm best suited to be able to answer uh, law enforcement related uh, question, but we welcome any intervention by law enforcement officials to ensuring that they maintain uh, order and peace uh, as, 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 as they watch out, uh, you know, for the public in terms of the COVID-19 compliance. So I, I do not, I, I do not want to even second guess, you know, the the, the, the secret cluster in this, in this regard. So I'll respectfully not want to go deeper in, in my response to this class. Now, there's also been some calls by uh, others in the liquor trade or the alcohol industry uh, calling uh, or even citing the fact that they are looking at going to court and taking government to court over this extended ban. Um, are, are you in support of this? So, so, so it, Patricia, this is a very important question. Uh, I think the Constitution um, uh, supports uh, citizens or corporate citizens to be able to take uh, legal remedies uh, to ensure that you know, they, 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 they get into uh, an objective that they so aspire. So in that regard, you know, we support these actions. Uh, but as liquor traders, we, we believe that you know, uh, engagement with government is the way to go. But if you look at SAB uh, submission or the court case specifically, uh, we, we agree with the content highlighted in their, in their filing at the Davids. You know, especially as it relates to the issue of, of livelihoods. We think it's the right call because somehow we believe that government is not really concerned about, you know, preserving livelihoods. So we agree with, 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 with SAB in that regard. And, and, and I know that uh, when the Alberts, uh, the CEO of the Resident Association of South Africa, they, they are contemplating as well a uh, court action, you know, to save the livelihoods of their members. So we support that. There's no way we cannot support uh, anyone who wants to make sure that, you know, uh, the children uh, go to bed, you know, something on the stomach. We fully support that. But we as liquor traders at this stage, we haven't resolved, you know, in terms of what uh, position we take uh, in, 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 in challenging government in a respectable way to ensure that, you know, liquor is allowed uh, to, 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 to open again and we're able to resume with, uh, with our lives. If you look at taverns, uh, Patricia, taverns are sustainable, uh, sustainable type of businesses and 54% of taverns in the country are owned by women. So these are your hand-to-mouth type of a business. Just responding to the previous um, uh, uh, caller uh, who asked what will happen if uh, this ban continues for over seven days, am I sure that Taiwan will not be able to continue? I'm sure Taiwan will not be able to continue because these are hand-to-mouth type of a business. If you close them for just three days, it means there's no food on the table because there is many income that is coming in. So this is a situation that we're faced, and there isn't any government agency that is allowed by law to loan money to a liquor trader. And a lot of people do not know this, but uh, liquor traders cannot go into your CDAP, your CIFA to go and borrow money. They're not allowed to lend money to liquor traders. So we have to fend for ourselves. And, you know, it's even an irony that as a country, we have the Department of Small Business Development, which has done zero. In fact, I'm led to believe that out of their 1.5 billion, They've only spent uh, almost 8% of that. We don't know where that money is going because taverns are not owned by South Africa. Sorry, uh, saloons are not owned by South Africans. Um, Spaza shops are not owned by South Africans. We have asked for 20,000 20, rand 
financial relief for each and every tavern in the country, which will have amounted to about 700 million rand. This government spent over 10.5 billion bailing out an airliner that is even a non-existent entity, as it were. And we've been asking for almost less than 10% of that. So we have a situation in the country where the priorities are, are mixed up. Even the, 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 the vaccine strategy got mixed up. Lucky, let's, let's take a break and then we'll allow you to wrap up after that, okay? SMS SAFM now on 41391. Tweet at SAFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. We are still speaking to Lakin Dimane, who is uh, the national conveyor for the National Liquor Traders Council. And uh, as we wrap up our conversation with Lakin, Lakin, just give us your, you know, where you stand right now and what you feel should be done um, for the industry to be kept alive. Uh, so, Patricia, uh, let, me, let me respond in this way. It is important that we respect the work that is being done by our healthcare professionals, um, our doctors, the health fraternity. It's important that whatever decision that is being made doesn't compromise those efforts. What we are saying is that there is room and space for liquor to be able to be sold in a way that supports those efforts. And that is in the off-premise trading of liquor, where people are able to buy liquor and enjoy it in the comfort of their own home. We feel that that need it's not going to strain uh, you know, the, the, the health sector because the characteristics of such trading resembles exactly that of you know, a grocery shop. But we respect you know, that we as a country are not uh, in, in a normal uh, situation, as it were, if normal is the right way to use, but we are going through something bigger than all of us. But we have to find a way in which all sectors of the economy are able to operate in a way that doesn't compromise the important fight that we are facing, which is the health fight. Lucky, on that note, thank you so very much. You did mention earlier that uh, people can be in touch with you. What are the contact details? Uh, so I will let people have to call you so that I don't mention it. Uh, <laughs> or maybe for, the for, 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 the, for, your, um, for your council, maybe. Is there a website? Uh, no, 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 no. So we, we are... Uh, we are an NGO that doesn't, I don't get paid for this, this work that I do, by the way. So it's a voluntary uh, type of uh, job that I do representing the liquor traders. So they can call the producers and they will be able to get in touch because I do not want to give a number and then it gets misused. So they can call the show and be able to get the numbers. All right, Lucky. Thank you so very much uh, for joining us and thank you for your time. Thank you. This is Late Night Conversations. Uh, We've got four minutes left. So I think with this four minutes, let's uh, play you some good music. On that note, uh, may goodness and grace lead you to the great heights of success until Monday.